you know, I've been putting in the work for several years now. And then I think it finally kind of bottlenecked and, and exploded a little bit. And I think, you know, same thing with fitness, man, you just got to lay those bricks and stack days and eventually it pays off. What's up, BA family, and welcome to another episode of the Breathe and Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank you all for tuning in. Today, we have Ben Barker, the alpha dad, the quad father, wearer of short shorts, and has taken his passion and love for not only helping others chase their fitness goals, but also chase their dreams, and took the leap into full entrepreneurship this year. In a time of uncertainty where sometimes it's easy to you know ignore that gut feeling and push it aside because we're used to the comfortable thing, Ben took that leap, he took that chance, he bet on himself with family, with kids, in a type of uncertain environment, and I commend him and I'm so happy to see his business thriving. And it's only due to the hard work that Ben has put in and the business that he has built and will continue to build. He's grown a substantial following on social media. He's been very consistent with that and seen some compound interest over time building those platforms as well. And I'm so excited to continue to see what this guy does in his arena because you really can't help but root for someone like Ben who has really put everything out on the line, works their ass off, and is gonna continue to be not only a great leader in the fitness industry, but also what it really means to be a man and a leader in their household. If you wanna hear more from Ben and check out his extremely educating and entertaining content, you can find him on TikTok at Ben Barker Fitness. You can also find him on Instagram at Ben Barker Fitness. And you can click the links for all of his coaching information as well there. If you haven't already checked us out on Instagram at Breathe and Air Podcast, go give us a follow. We have a lot of great stuff coming for you this year. And we're just super happy to have you here and hope you enjoy the show. If you haven't already heard, I'm partnering with one of my good friends, Clayton Eckert. And we have created a community of like-minded individuals and experts in their field that help you beat yesterday every day. It's called the Buyer's Circle. And we know that it's harder than ever to make meaningful connections with people that help you grow and want to solve that issue. After so much isolation, people feel alone. Maybe you need someone who is a mentor or an expert in their field that has done something that you want to achieve, whether that is in business, whether that is in your health, whether that is in your relationships or your mindset. It all starts there. And so we have put together a culmination of people who we believe can really help you grow in each of those areas and a community that can hold you accountable as well, which is extremely important. So more to come on that. We have a drop date yet. I'm not going to tell you. I'll give you a little teaser. But if you want updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Buyer Circle. You can also sign up to our free newsletter that'll give you updates, not only for the community, but also when we're dropping live And man, I'm super excited. This has been really fun to work on and I can't wait to see the difference that it can make. You can follow that newsletter over at buyerscircle.substack.com. That is B-Y-E-R-S, buyerscircle.substack.com to help you beat yesterday every day. And now please enjoy our amazing guest, Mr. Ben Barker. (laughs) 
bro. I'm, I'm pumped to be back, man. I've been excited to, to get to know you a couple of years ago and to kind of follow you on your journey as well, man. It's been a, a cool connection to make. Yeah, no, absolutely. We were talking a little bit, but I, as I'm getting ready for this show, I'm looking through, you know, your website and your socials and stuff. And I come across, you know, two things that you really want to do for your clients and that's allow them to chase their fitness goals and chase their dreams as well. And I'm interested, what is, what's the catalyst to that? Why did you really, you know, what, what was the meaning behind that? Sure, man. So I've always been like a goal chaser. I love goals and I love chasing that type of stuff. And I never really like fit in like the normal box. Like I always, I'm a smart guy, but like I struggled in school because I had a hard time sitting still for like seven hours. (laughs) And, and then I found the same thing professionally. Like I struggle with like an, uh, whatever, eight to five, nine to five, whatever you call it nowadays. And yeah. I, it, it, it was like a prison for me. And, uh, but it's scary when you have like a wife and kids that are counting on you. But I kind of yeah. just figured out, man, I didn't want to be that guy who turned 85 and was like, man, what if, what, what if I had gone for it? And, you know, in talking to my wife, like a year ago when I was getting ready to quit my job, she was just like, I, I just barely mentioned it. And she was like, let's do it. And so it's been cool to have her in my corner. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is a big leap, but is it, is it something to where explain as a personal trainer, as someone who has done coaching, like what is that leap like comparative to what you were doing in the past? Um, like the day to day Mason. Yeah, man. So I feel like I'm kind of doing the same thing. Like, you know, trying to help people get fit and chase their goals, but I'm not confined to like a schedule or who I can help. And I feel like I've been able to make more connections and hopefully able um, to help more people. And then I feel like the same, like professionally or fitness or anything, I think getting like any goal started is the same thing. You know, we all have the same information at our fingertips. It's just taking that first step. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, my mom was growing up, my mom was a personal trainer. She taught classes. She did all that. So I was around that world. And she always talked to me about how the larger corporations, whether it was a corporate company that she was working for or a private gym, et cetera, the profit share on that was weighed heavily towards the gym a lot of the time. So the trainers, you know, were doing all the one-on-one just taking us a split because of, they got to use the facility. So that was, was that kind of like a big pusher for you to say like, Hey, I want to be able to, you know, create my own business and really take my profit as well. Big time, dude. Cause there's really, there's like a ceiling. If you're going to be like a personal trainer or uh, a studio manager. So like as a personal trainer, like the, the typical split is like a 60, 40 split. And so, you know, you're making, if you're making a hundred dollars an hour per se, you get 60 of it. The gym gets 40%. And, you know, like when you, when you look at it, you know, you're making say like $60,000 a year and you realize you're paying the gym $40,000. Like, man, that's not, that's not what I want to be doing. <laughs> right. And then right. as a studio manager, there's just a real ceiling on how much you could make. And I kind of reached kind of like the ceiling of what I could make as a studio manager, you know, in central Arkansas. And then when you realize that I can have the same living expenses, but I mean, with, with online stuff now, you can make like a, a Southern California income while living on Little Rock living expenses. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And you've really had an explosion on those platforms. I mean, you always were kind of doing your thing on TikTok, but it seems like over the past you know months and year, you've really grown a solid following through consistency on Instagram as well. So talk to me a little bit about that and like your content and ideas in the creation of the, that community that you're building. Man, Instagram has been crazy. Um, used to on Instagram, it was just kind of like a steady, really slow follower growth. And like probably over like the last like two months, I feel like I've gained like 25,000 followers or something like that. And Dude, I think amazing. it's just, you know, we talk about, you know, compound interest in fitness and, you know, just putting in the work and like building a strong base. And I think that's kind of what happened on Instagram. You know, I've been putting in the work for several years now. And then I think it finally kind of bottlenecked and, and exploded yeah. a little bit. And I think, you know, same thing with fitness, man. You just got to lay those bricks and stack days and eventually it pays off. Yeah. Was that, did you make the decision to leave prior to that kind of explosion that you've had? Or was that after you had left? It was bro. After I left. Wow. And I, I, I think what happened was <laughs> it's not a great business plan, Mason, like what I'm doing, <laughs> but I didn't have the time to put in like, what I call it Ben Barker fitness is basically trying to my personal brand build that. And I didn't have a lot of time to put into it when I was working a full time, you know, eight to five. And so I basically just kind of put my head down and put a lot of work into it. And it, and it's really exploded since I left my normal job. That's so cool. It's, you know, the side hustle thing is great until it needs your full attention to flourish. Yeah. Yes. And I think there comes a there there comes a point where it's like this thing is going to be stagnant until I really put my energy towards it. And you know, I definitely encourage everyone to have that side hustle and do what you need to do. And as you said, that leap, you know, is is hard to make sometimes and it's it's uncomfortable, but I love the fact that you bet on yourself there and and then it's paying off, you know, it's not a coincidence that t 2 months ago this explosion happens and allows hopefully some flourishing in your business and, and customer base as well. Yeah, man, I'm hoping so. We'll see. So when you say that one of your goals is to help your clients chase their dreams, what is one of your dreams? Man, <laughs> that's a great question, Mason. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was a little bit younger, you know, Chris Powell, I don't know if you remember Chris Powell. He was like on like extreme weight loss, like that show on like yeah. NBC or something. And he was just kind of like the man in fitness. His name was just kind of synonymous with fitness. And he was like encouraging, you know, and I don't know him as a person, but I always just liked him. And I've always kind of seen myself, uh, hopefully becoming that person. And, you know, I see got people who become like the leader in their field, like, you know, Gary V and social media or, you know, Alex Hormozy and building like generational wealth or Grant Cardone in real estate. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping that's going to be me for fitness. Yeah, that's, I love it. I love it. I love, I think what's unique about you too, is that you've put a big chunk of your personality into it and you have fun with it and people love that, you know, and that's, it's a fine line to do it, but you do it so well, I think. And the, I want to talk a little bit about one of the things that you do in the alpha dad, like where did that <laughs> come about? I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've gotten bothered about this many times, but I think it's hilarious. So that was kind of a joke, man. I, you know, just 
you you were kind of like you know Joe Rogan, right? And he does all this weird fitness stuff. Yeah. And Ben Greenfield, I feel like you're kind of into some of the stuff. We're just trying to optimize percent because you've been at this a long time. So you know, yeah. you and I are after like incremental gains. Yeah. Just anything we can do to get a little bit better. And so, and like at one point, you know, I dealt with a little bit of like, uh, like the winter blues and like depression and stuff like that. And I just realized like I'm doing all this work inside. I'm not getting any sunlight. And so I started getting outside and, you know, liver king, liver king, good or bad. (laughs) Um, you know, one thing I did learn from him was that you want sun on as much of your skin as possible. Right. Yeah. And talking about, you get better exposure, like on your quads, your stomach and your face, right. Getting sun in your eyes. And so I just started walking in the neighborhood barefoot, um, with my shirt (laughs) off and my short shorts. And so one day just like joking around, I turned my camera on and I was like, you know, if you really want to be the neighborhood alpha dad, you got to go in your four inch seams shirtless and walk the neighborhood. And it like blew up on TikTok. It made a lot of people angry. Um, but a lot of people thought it was really funny. And so I kind of just ran with it. It was a joke, but also like a little bit of truth. Yeah. I mean, what I've realized is that the people who really get momentum in this game right now are the people that teeter on the line of like, you have to have some type of content or take like liver King, Andrew Tate, uh, Joe Rogan, even like all these guys, they like borderline, something that's controversial or something that, you know, people will agree with, they won't agree with. And it's like, that is what gets conversations going. That's what gets engagement. Like all publicity is good publicity. Right. 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 I think you've done that really well with that. I I think it's hilarious. I love it. It's so funny. It's great. And and then kind of the hope in it is that it's like, it's like number one, like don't take yourself too seriously. But then number two, it's like, as a man, I feel like I have a duty to try to be as the best I can possibly be like yeah. for my wife and kids. And so it's, it, it, you're right, dude, it kind of teeters that line, but there's a large amount of truth. And like, I feel like any guy who's just trying to be the best they can be is an alpha, right? Yeah, dude, I've, I've been talking about this a lot because I feel like it was one of the reasons, and I'm sure we talked about this in our original show a long time ago, but it was one of the reasons why I started the show because I felt like there wasn't enough men that were having real conversations. Like you said, you were going through winter blues. I struggled with seasonal depression uh, many, many years and still do sometimes. So it's like even conversations like that had been you know, not talked about. And so for two men that are alphas in their own right to be able to sit down and have a conversation like that is so powerful. And I feel like the message is slowly creeping, but society at the same time is pushing back and saying, you know, like men need to act a certain way and do this and do that. So I I think there is a lot of truth in, you know, being an alpha for your family. Yeah. And and I love what you said too, man. I had the same conversation uh, with a guy the other day. Um, about, you know, guys being open, you know, it's like, you're supposed to be a certain way. You're supposed to be tough, but now like, but you're also not supposed to talk about your feelings. And it's like, there's this certain, uh, stereotype that it's like, you can't be tough and talk about that kind of stuff as well, but you can do both at the same time. Yeah. Like there's, and that's the beautiful thing, you know, playing team sports. So you've probably been in the position where you've had like good buddies on a team that you can actually talk to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think a lot of people have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There's definitely an advantage to the locker room, but even then, you know, there's still, I mean, I can't speak for women cause I'm not a woman, but I can say <laughs> a lot of times men's ego gets in the way of a lot of for things sure. that they do. Um, and so even from that athletic background, you know, it's, you are the quote unquote macho man, the jock or however that is. And yeah. that person usually isn't the one that's talking about their feelings or the things that they're going through or what's really on their mind. So to be able to talk about that stuff is freeing though. You can't push stuff down for as long as possible. It's gonna, it's gonna rear its head in one way or another, you know, for sure. And that's, uh, something that I've talked with a lot of guys about recently and something that I've been working on, you know, they talk about, um, you know, you're the sum of your five closest mm-hmm. friends yeah. basically. And, uh, what I've tried to do, and it's not even been on purpose, but I feel like when you put yourself in the right places, it'll kind of happen on its own. I've started getting around guys who are maybe in a better split place than me. Like emotionally, I've gotten mm-hmm. become friends with guys who are in a way better place than me financially. And it's kind of pushing me in those directions. And and then I push them from like a family and a fitness and a faith standpoint. And when you kind of surround yourself with like men who are better than you in certain areas, bro, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest cheat codes, I think, to success long-term and short-term because being in a room of people where you feel like I have something to give, but I also don't know shit compared to everybody else in this room is a good room to be in. You know, it's, it's one where you could give value, but you can also learn so much from those people as well. And they're going to shoot you straight. And those are the people you want in your corner, right? Whether it's something you want to hear or don't want to hear. Yes, exactly. I, I am interested in your thoughts on the liver King because you are in this space, (laughs) right? And I do kind of want to talk about this. Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, have you, have you seen a lot of his content and kind of what's been happening recently? Yes. And I was disappointed by that Mason. Um, Cause it's like, first of all, as a guy who appreciates, I appreciate every style of fitness, yeah. like, you know, whatever it was, the bodybuilding competition that just happened and Seabum won for a fourth time consecutively. Yeah. And we all know he's on steroids, but I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Like I look at him and if I was on steroids, I could not accomplish what he just did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's open in the bodybuilding world that they're on steroids. My problem with the liver King is like, I think he did a lot of good things like sunlight, exercise, family. Um, but to build a company on something on a lie, <laughs> I have a huge problem with that. Yeah. The integrity piece was bad, you know, cause it's like, Everything else is great. Like the tenants are great. Yes. The thing yes. is, is, like the liver piece is a small portion of what he actually talks about as well. Like you said, with family and, you know, those kind of things. So ah, it's just, it's a bummer. I mean, I, I really did like the guy, but for someone also that has been in the space, like the fitness space and industry and, you know, really got nerded out on biology and what we're capable of as humans. I just, I already knew he was on steroids. Yes, <laughs> it's just, yes. It's just like, you got to say it because that is a conflict of interest when you are, when you do have a supplement company. Yes. 
that's that's the that's the big red flag that sucks honestly and, and i always try to give people the benefit of the doubt no matter how crazy someone looks because i'm sure at some point somebody's probably like looked at you in the gym and be like out of the way steroids or yeah. something like that like anytime I, I post a video like where the lighting's good and it's not even on purpose somebody will comment and be like trt um and for those of you who don't know it Cope. means test Cope. testosterone replacement therapy yeah. Uh, and like, if you look at me, I'm not that physically impressive. So I'm like, all right, guys, chill out. Like I'm not <laughs> taking testosterone, but so, but it's also a compliment. So it's like, yeah, I want no to be is. accused. I want to be accused of being on testosterone or steroids. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but I'd love to be accused of that. Yeah, no, that's definitely a compliment. I, I got deep into, do you watch uh Derek more plates, more dates guy? Have you no. heard of him? no. So he did like this guy, his thing is more plates, more dates, but I can't remember his last name. His first name's Derek, but he does, he's very good with like cellular biology, hormones specific to steroids, males, steroids, testosterone, um, in the bodybuilding space. So he openly had done steroids for a while and then was very interested in biology, how the body works. And gets down to like cellular level, like what's happening when you do that, the benefit, like the side effects that happen down the road, you know, the life expectancy goes down, like all of these things. Right. Um, and he did like a full hour on the liver Kings thing. And it was really interesting because he kind of broke down. There was emails that were leaked that showed exactly all the gear he was taking and it like broke down. He broke down everything, but it's just interesting too because you you think about male testosterone and it being really I think it's an epidemic like it's it's really bad when you look at the numbers. Yeah. So like, how can we optimize that as males? And is there a time? Do you ever think that TRT is something that you would do? That's a great question. So my goal is to postpone it as long as possible. Yeah, and to see what is. I'm I'm interested to get my testosterone tested because I feel like mine is through the roof. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 31 years old. Uh, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Uh, I'm aggressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the things that sh- that come along four with kids. testosterone. Four kids. Four kids. <laughs> no problems there. Uh, so I'm interested to get it tested. But I've always told people it's like I mean I'm gonna die at some point, right? Yeah. And you reach a point like where there's going to be like where quality of life is going to drop. And so I, man, I think when I'm like in my fifties and sixties and I realize I've got like, whatever, 20 years left to live. And a doctor's like, Hey man, you'd feel like a million bucks. If you took a little bit of testosterone, like I'll probably go for it. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, I, I 100% would. And at that point, I feel like a lot of the science and, um, you know, technology even that may be out is going to be even better. I mean, there's other already things that are happening right now in terms of what we're capable of as humans. Um, that's pretty mind boggling. If you think about it, like the last couple decades, like even with the biohacking and all these things that we're now seeing that our bodies are naturally capable of, like the science and technology on what, how else we can optimize is only going to get better. So you think 10, 20 years from the down from the line, like TRT, if you're in your 50, 60 years old and you can have the testosterone of a 20 year old, like, and do it with a clinician and do it safely. Like, why wouldn't you? I don't know. It's yep. just, 
to me because it's more than testosterone is more than just libido, right? It's yeah. It's also like you said, energy, sleep, quality of life, like keeping your levels at a good base is as much as you could do. And if you max it out naturally, then I don't see the problem. Yep. And I think up until that time, it's, it's most of the things we know. I know you're like more in depth, but like, like lifting weights, sunlight, sleep, eating the right things. Um, all those things kind of factor into it. And I'm just trying for now. And I even do something weird. I mean, you know, Tim Ferriss, obviously, um, he has this, some crazy trap chapters in the four hour body. And I remember he talked about, he eats like two Brazil nuts every day and it like suppose like increases testosterone and libido and so i've been eating two brazil nuts every day for like a year might be placebo effect but i swear <laughs> i notice a difference but it works <laughs> i have heard that about brazil nuts actually yeah i i went back and i listened to our old show and you had been talking about sleep and i think sleep is one of the biggest things for hormone optimization testosterone, anything really. I mean, brain fog, energy, sex drive, motivation, like all of this is so important if we're not, if we're getting good sleep. So how have your sleep habits changed? And you have kids. I mean, you have a four, how old is your son now? Four weeks? A a four week old son. Four weeks. So your sleep right now is probably crazy. Yeah. So sleep is my Achilles heel. It's just like I have, I have trouble turning it off at night. And, uh, and then on top of it, as like in the fitness world, you know, I've still got a few clients I train in their homes that we, you know, we start at 6 a.m. And I'm that type of guy. Like I can't just like roll out of bed and go be social. Like I want to get up, yeah. drink some coffee, read my Bible, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so sleep is what I'm working on. I've gotten to this point the last couple months. Like my wife was like, bro, you got to get this under control. Um, cause it's, it's not uncommon for me to sleep like four or five hours. Um, so then I realized I was like, I just need to sleep longer and like cut out the coffee time a little bit in the morning. So I've gotten it Mason where I'm pretty consistently getting six plus. That's and solid. From, That's so good. When I, when I get above six, I feel like a superhero. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That's, I always try and aim right around at least seven if I can. And yep. then, but I, I'm, I go to bed early though. It's all about that. You talked about sunlight in the morning. It's circadian yes. rhythm, right? Yes. And so much of this late night, um, you know, viewing screens and being on our phones right before we go to bed and all of this, it, it artificially tells our body that the sun is still up. Like yep. as simple as that is, the sun is still up. You are still awake. And so then melatonin is not created in your brain to help you go to bed because your body thinks it's still light outside yep. and therefore you don't get good sleep. You don't get REM sleep. It's harder to fall asleep, all those things. Right. And then you get in this cycle of, oh, I slept really bad last night. Let me smack a bunch of caffeine all through the day yep. to stay up or take Adderall or what else, whatever else you're doing. And then it's just that, that cycle, right? Cause you know, Vicious sleep is good. Cycle. Caffeine has a half life all of that stuff. So it's like a crazy cycle that we've gotten into, I feel like, but that's a big piece of it for me is just trying to step away from screens and, and those things as at least an hour, uh, before I get in bed. So like reading before bed or something like that, yes. as opposed to watching a movie or something like that. 
And two things that you just hit on that I, I didn't even thought about, Mason, but that I, I do believe 100% have made a huge difference in my sleep is prioritizing sunlight. Um, I think has been a game changer for me because I didn't used to like, I mean, I got sunlight, but like now every day, like I'm legit either on my back porch or walking the neighborhood without my shirt on, just like I show <laughs> on social media. And then two, I really got into blue light glasses. Mm. Like whenever the sun goes down, I just go ahead and put on my blue light glasses. Yeah. And I swear it's made a difference. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. So I, I think those are simple ones that everybody can implement. You know, early yep. sunlight viewing, tell, simply, I mean, it makes sense. Your body's up. Oh, it's sunlight. It's time to go. Yep. Um, and that just circadian rhythm is is so important. But I love that you, it's not a fake. You're out there. You actually are the alphabet <laughs> prowling around. Every day, bro. Every day. Every single day. It's awesome. It's so cool. So as a father of four now, you had mentioned that the first time that your son ever beats you in a race, he will have to have earned it. <laughs> right. And I love that. But tell me a little bit about, you know, what it what it means to you being a father and kind of that relationship with your kids that you have. Man, uh, I, I've had a cool experience in sports of being on really terrible teams. <laughs> I, I've, I've lost a lot and I feel like a lot of that like shaped me as a, as a person in <laughs> like both for the negative and the positive. But, uh, I always tell them like, same with my dad. I remember like, I never could beat my dad in basketball. Right. And he was just like, not going to happen, bro. Like, you know, not to have to pry the basketball out of my cold dead fingers. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, we could talk a lot about like participation trophies and yeah. things of that nature. And anytime I've ever earned something that I've put a lot of work into, it, it was so worth it. And so I think teaching my kids that anything they want, if they put in the work and they earn it, it's going to be worth it and that nothing's going to be handed to them. And I feel like as a father, that's one of the best things I can give them. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think you're leading by example right now with taking that leap and really earning your stripes on your own, you know, it's, it's a huge step and I'll give you kudos to that. Cause it takes balls to do that. A hundred percent. It takes balls. But so, what uh, is one of the biggest realizations, you know, that you've had this year, we're coming to a close, you know, recording this, what is it? The 19th and it's been a crazy year, but what has been one of your biggest realizations this year so far? And biggest realization, and also to play off a question earlier, when you asked me how I wanted to inspire clients, I just, yeah. I just kind of remembered, I wrote an article on my blog recently and just titled it, it's going to be harder than you think it's going to be. Mm. Um, we get on social media and you see all these guys who probably rented them, but with their Rolex and their Lamborghini and we're just like, oh, I just have to start like talking into the microphone <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to become... Yeah you know, the next Ed Milet, right? It, it's, I've put a lot of work in and it, I've been very discouraged at times. Yeah, Like it's hard. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people out there trying to do what you're doing. And there's a lot of people trying to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I love something that Alex Hormozzi said. He said something like, if you'll basically be willing to put your head down for longer than other people, you'll make it. Mm. I, I just, I've realized that most people are going to quit before I will. 
And so that's going to be the positive. <laughs> number one, it's harder than you think it's going to be. But number two, if you're willing to have more endurance and persistence than everybody else, like you'll make it. Yeah, that's so true. There is a huge graveyard of podcasts. I can't even remember the percentage, but it's like over 50%. It could be probably closer to 80% of podcasts that get started. Don't even make it past 10 episodes. Wow. And so it's like, even if you get past that and that the show now is the top 5% in the world, which is crazy to say that in the world. Wow, that's when amazing. Like, when you look at like the countries that you've touched and it's like over 50 countries, it shows you like, wow, it's crazy, but it's three years, you know, it's been three years and I, you know, haven't even necessarily made hardly any money off the show. I've just been doing it really focused on building it and building a real community around it. So it's attaching, it's detaching from that end result and focusing on the process that really gets you the end result that you wanted in the first place. Yes. And that's the thing. And, and it, people talk about it, but people still don't listen. You know, everybody talks about the the overnight successes, but like, you know, and you think about like, you hear that story about Jim Carrey, who was yeah. like living in his car in Hollywood for like a few years. <clears throat> and he, he, and he wrote himself a check for a million dollars and said he was going to cash it when he finally got a million dollars in his bank account. But People don't talk about the people sleeping in their cars and like, we just see them when they made it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to, we're going to see you when you're number one in your category or whatever. Everybody's going to be like, Oh wow, Mason, what an overnight success, <laughs> but they're not going to see the three years that you grinded, you know, to yeah. get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Jim Carrey's got a cool take on life. I think he's, yes. he's got a lot of cool stuff. There was one quote that he said that I love where he's like, I wish everybody could get rich and famous so that they could see that it's not, not, it's not going to make you happy. Like it's not the end all be all kind of thing. And yes. I was like, wow, that's, that's very insightful, you know, because there's so many people that get to that so-called destination that they have in their mind. And then they're like, wow, what, like what's next? Have you ever heard of Steve Weatherford? I have not. So you would like him faith, family, fitness guy. I think that's cool. the best three to describe him. Um, and he was a Super Bowl champ with the Giants when they beat the Patriots. He was the punter, okay. but he was like a stud punter, like all pro. And he always had the desire to be on men's, the men's fitness magazine or men's health. Yeah. Yes. He's jacked. Like he was yes. on it as a punter and he was more jacked than probably the linebackers. <laughs> That's amazing. But he tells a story about. How when he won the Super Bowl and like people were talking about him like he was he was going to be like the MVP because he had some crazy like pinned back deep with his punts and stuff and played really well. He talks about he was standing in his hotel looking down like people are partying in the streets. Everybody's going crazy. And he had just won the Super Bowl, this thing that he had wanted his whole life. And he was like, I was standing there looking out the window of my penthouse suite after winning the Super Bowl. And he said this huge wave of just like depression and sadness and everything just came over me because I realized that it was not all that it was cracked up to be. And this <clears throat> hypothetical, this goal that I had been chasing, I had it finally and it wasn't what I expected. And I was like, wow, how profound is that? You know, 
I mean, it's just, it's an important lesson to keep in our mind when we're so ambitious chasing these things. Yes. And I almost think sometimes there's, I think having a goal, a specific goal is great, but same thing. Another dude I had a conversation with the other day, very similar story. He was talking about how he got in shape for a half marathon and then he did the half marathon and then he had nothing to train for and he got really bad out of shape. (laughs) And so it's almost like in a way, if there's no like end goal and the goal is just to take it as far as you can and just to never stop, I feel like there's almost an advantage to that. Yeah. What is, what is the psychology or what do you, why do you think people train harder for a goal? Cause I, I think about this too. Like I definitely train super hard and, and a lot, but I don't do the best job of tracking it as much as I should, you know, just simply like tracking numbers, progressive overload. Like a lot of times I go in there and play around, which is fine, but I'm like, I want to set goals and these things. So do you see with your clients that they get better results when they are focused on like a finish line when it comes to their fitness goals? I have a lot of normal people right now, and I don't mean that in a bad way like just people training for life. Mm -hmm. And I have a a guy I've trained for like eight years in his home and he has no specific goal other than just being fit and gaining longevity. Yeah. And he's been one of the best clients I've ever had and has never, I've never trained him for a half marathon or anything like that. He's just purely in it because he knows it's good for him. Uh, and he's been one of the consistent and seen some of the best results yeah. out of any of my clients. Um, I, I've had people I've trained for specific things, but I feel like people that are always looking and grasping for something, it's almost like they kind of hop from one thing to another. Whereas when it's a guy like you or like me or that doctor that I train who were, were in it a little bit for the love of the game. Yeah. And then also just because we know it's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah, no, there is. I, I go back and forth because I'm like, I love going in there without a set plan sometimes. Like I've gotten to the point where I know what I want to train and I know what days I'm going to train it for my split. But I just go in and kind of be like, I'm going to do my compound lifts always. But then the accessory stuff, I'll just be like, oh, let's let's do this today or let's do that today and just kind of intuitively work out for an hour hour and a half you know so yep i love that i've seen results just from the consistency and the my diet that's consistent as well but i i this week i just started getting my max outs which i haven't done a one rep max and i don't know how long but i just am doing yeah. it this week so i can say i'm ending 2022 with with this yes. and now let's go get more within the next six months or whatever it may be. Yeah, let's go. At least give myself some psychological, you know, carrot. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of benefits to tracking. And I, I, I'm kind of like you, dude. I don't have a, a workout log. Yeah. Uh, I've got a rough plan in my head. Um, and I'm also like, I'm, I'm eating on like 15 years of, <laughs> yeah. of doing it consistently. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been doing this since I was like, bro, more than 15 years. I've been doing this since I was like 13 years old and yeah. I like, I've obviously taken like deload weeks, you know, and things like that or like vacation, but I've been doing this consistently for like 16, 17 years. 
And then, you know, everybody's so big on progressive overload right now and, and progressive overload is king, but it's like, you know, stick to your plan and all this other stuff. Like, man, my body doesn't know if, if it's a handstand push up or a shoulder press <laughs> or, you know, a bent row or an inverted row or a pull up or a lap pull down. I think as long as you're getting the stimulus and pushing yourself, like you're still going to see results. And there are times to really like hone it in and yeah. get specific with percentages and stuff. But then also giving yourself a little bit of freedom to mix it up, I think also keeps you in the game. Sometimes when it's too rigid, that's when people fall off. It's yes. when it's not fun anymore. And mm. giving yourself the freedom to just do it because exercise is fun. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, an ex-NFL guy on and came on and he was like, people need to remember to exercise because they love their body not because they hate their body. And I was like, whoa, right on, man. That is so good because it does make you, I mean, the aesthetic is great. Like you, you should have confidence in how you look and how you feel and everything else is going to like benefit from that. But just to be able to go in there, I always tell people it's my therapy. I feel like you're similar there. Like it's just something that is a pattern that we do now because we know it makes us feel really good, even when we don't want to do it. And I, I know it's kind of a thing that's gotten a bad rap on social media. Like some, some of us really do like at times need like counseling and, and like therapy and stuff yeah. like that. That's a real thing. And like, if you yeah. need like help with your mental health, like please go get it. But at the same time, like that is what I do for my mental health. You know, yeah, like, I've, I've heard multiple people in the space of psychiatry and, you know, counseling that the amount of clients that have simply upgraded their outlook on life and what they wanted and got rid of a lot of the things that they were wanting to get rid of by simply exercising yes is astounding exercise and food is like the first place to start i think when you're having those difficulties yes. um it's just it's proven you know, it's proven we shouldn't be eating processed foods and sugars and junk and, you know, things that aren't even real food. Like our body craves nutrient dense food and it craves movement. Like it's, I think it was a little bit, it went two ways with COVID, right? It went one way was, okay, this is great. I have a lot of flexibility. I know my health is really important, so I need to prioritize it more. And then yes. the other half was, okay, now I'm working from home. I just get to roll out of bed and order Uber eats and sit on my computer and not have to go anywhere. And then, you know, health decline there. So I feel like it was one of two. Did you see in the space an influx during that time where people were like, wow, I really need to take my health seriously. Yeah, bro. I think, uh, that's why Peloton exploded, mm -hmm. you know, during COVID. Um, they're not, they're not doing so great now. Um, but it was just like an, an easy thing where people realize like you're stuck at home, like you're not getting a lot of sunlight. That's depressing. You're not getting a lot of human or interaction, but you can hop on a bike for 45 minutes with somebody on the screen saying motivational things and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And so it's like, we need all of them. You know, it's like, we need community. We need exercise. We need the food. Uh, proper food, not processed food, like you said, but it's like, like any of the three are going to make a difference. 
Yeah. Like, and if, if, if you had to choose one of them or any of them, it's hard to choose between the three, but even one of the three, if you just start eating better, eating like nutrient dense foods, like I think that'll make a difference. Or if you're getting community and uplifted and then even just getting in the gym, I hate the thing where people are like the whole abs are made in the kitchen thing that really bothers me. Yeah. Um, um, because it really like, if you don't, don't change anything in your diet and you still eat like garbage and you get in the gym, like you're still going to see a little bit of benefit. Yeah. Obviously you should pair them together, but <laughs> like one is better than none. One is better than none. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I think the idea of starting something can always be, you know, um, intimidating at times, especially yep. going to the gym for some people. Right. I had, I heard a saying the other day where it was one of the best skills that we can have is closing the gap from ideation to execution. And so a lot of people probably have the idea of like, I should probably work out more. I should probably eat better, but are they actually executing that? You know, that's a whole different story, but it doesn't have to be go in and lift heavy and lift a bunch of weights while that is yeah. good. The only way you can get bone density and all these other benefits it could be taking a walk around the neighborhood, riding a bike, yep. playing tennis with friends, going on a hike outside, you know, playing with your dog. Like even simple things like that are better than nothing. Bro, there's uh I had a guy on my podcast the other day who's just a normal dad. So it was a really cool talk because I think you and I lots of times we just talk to people like us. Yeah. Um, who are just hammering it and have been hammering it for a long time. But he heard this, there's a quote by Mark Twain that says like there's no difference between a man who can read and doesn't than a man who can't read, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, you know, we have all this stuff out there and uh, we don't take advantage of it. And it's just like you said, like the idea is up there. It's just, just do it. And it doesn't have to be simple. Like, or it doesn't have to be complex. Simple is great. Like my dad lost 130 pounds. Wow. um, And he just, one day he got tired of it. He was like 360 pounds and he just got over it. And so he literally, he did zero research, Mason. He, uh, he started walking and he started doing the Adkins diet. I think the Adkins diet, it's like, it is what it is. It was what it was, but it worked. Like he followed it religiously. He ate his Adkins bars, like broccoli and chicken breast and walked around the neighborhood and the dude lost 130 pounds over two years. Incredible. Just, like do something yeah. like anything. <clears throat> yeah. We kind of talked about earlier the idea of, you know, failing fast almost, right. Getting into, you know, uncomfortable situations and putting yourself in the arena to actually succeed, you know, to be a player in the game, you gotta, you gotta get in there. Yes. And so what have you really learned from that failing fast or getting into the battlefield, really launching your solopreneur, um, you know, experience that you've had this year? If I've learned anything, it's that I feel like I perform better when my back's against the wall. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true, man. It's just, there's Mason, you're probably going to know it, but there's that saying, it's like, like, give a man like a steady income, steady food and steady sex and like watch him like wither away and die mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And it's like when I removed like the IV of like a steady income and um, <laughs> health benefits, it was like do or die. 
And there's a lot to be said for that, for putting yourself in a situation where there's people counting on you and you you have to succeed. And that's been good for me. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I mean, when you have your basic needs met, it's easy to get comfortable. I think even with that, you know, I mean, that's a lot for but when you look at the actual whole world, if you have those basic needs met with, which if you're listening to this, you probably do, Yeah, you know, that's, you're in a top percentile of wealth in that, in that small category, you know? So perspective is a big piece of that, but yeah, putting your back up against the wall, it's the fight or flight that kicks in and it's hard to get in there, in there though. Cause you know, you're leaving that security and that yes. known, but that's how, Everybody that's really that I've at least studied that's been extremely successful in their space, you got to go all in because if you don't, someone else is going to, and they're going to beat you because they're not splitting their time. There's, there's a lot to be said about contentment. And this is something I've struggled with the last year because I mean, it's, it's kind of like the guy with the Super Bowl or or Jim Carrey. It's like, when is enough enough? But at the same time, I think you also have to ask yourself the question, like, how good can it get? Yeah. You know, how good can I be? Yes. How how good can I be? Like, how far can I take it? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like I, I could have worked my entire life making sixty thousand dollars a year and just being like, well, this is it. Yeah. You know, and I just couldn't do it, man. There's just something in me. I just, and then, and then all the flip side of that is like, you know, I even considered like I could just go into sales and make a lot of money and be miserable. Yeah. And I was like, I, I really don't want to do that either. And so I'm basically that guy <laughs> trying to find that little wiggle space where I can make some money and also enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you have had that influx of, you know, people that have been seeing your content And in this day and age, I think, you know, having an online presence in business is important, especially important in your space as well. So what are some goals that you're setting next year? You said you love goals, so I'm sure you've thought about this a little bit. But next year, what does that look like for you and how you continue to build your business and help your clients? Um, Man, I've set some big goals Grant Cardone talks a lot about setting a goal so so big that you're embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Because people are going to be like, nah, man, you can't do that. Um, uh, I I have two, I've never even told anybody this, Mason, but I I write them, I write them down every day. Um, I want to have 1 million followers on social media. Okay. And I want to have 10,000 subscribers um, to my workout subscription. Uh, both of them make me very uncomfortable and I'm a little embarrassed to tell people because they're going to be like, nah, can't do that. Yeah. There's a lesson and in I, there. <laughs> there is, there is a lesson in there, bro. And I just feel like I, I want, and it's not a selfish thing. I, I guess I'm a little embarrassed because it's not a thing. Like I want to be famous. It's like, I feel like I have something worth sharing with men, um, similar to you. And I I feel like the bigger my platform grows, uh, one just from a, a personal standpoint, like I can take better care of my family, um, but then I can help a massive amount of people. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, two things that come to mind. One is Alex Ramosi. You mentioned him earlier. He was doing like $17 million profit a year for like three years, three to four years before he even started his little social media thing that he's done this year. And that's because he saw Kylie Jenner and her becoming the youngest uh, billionaire, yeah. right? I think she was the youngest. Was it woman yeah. billionaire or billionaire in I general? The youngest one billionaire? One or the other. One or the yeah. other. Anyway, she did it. She's like 21, 22, right? And what was the big catalyst for that? I mean, other than the family, it was the attention, right? It was the attention. And he was like, whoa, you have a direct access to the consumer by getting attention and utilizing yeah. social media in that way. So I don't think, I mean, it just, it makes sense in today's day and age, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're pushing your own personal brand. I mean, it's vital. It's the best form of marketing there is in today, period. And something cool, Mason, that I've been excited about <clears throat> is I feel like, like say for like Alex Hormozzi, when he started putting stuff out there, he had already made it. Like he's probably built yeah. a level of wealth that is untouchable. Yeah. Probably anything could happen and he'll be fine. I, I think it's cool for me that I'm excited that I'm building a following before I've made it. Yeah. Like, bro, I drive a 2012 Ford Focus, <laughs> right? I hate it, but it's paid off. And Dude. it's been a, a, it's been a smart move for me just to hang on to it. But I thought it's been cool to document my journey to be like, like, I don't have it together. Like I'm, I'm barely holding it together and, but it's a fun ride. Yeah. Like I've got a lot of joy. Uh, I'm enjoying my process. Like every single day showing up, building something for myself and for my family is mm. exciting. And yeah. so I'm hopeful that that's, that's what I'm putting out there and that that's what that'll inspire some other people to be like, I'm going to take my fitness more seriously or, or my marriage or, uh, you know, invest more in myself or my learning and stuff. Cause there, there's still a lot out there to get. And I hope that I'm helping some other people come up with me. Yeah, you 100% are. It's, uh, I'm in this mastermind with a lot of people that, we were talking about our circle of friends, right? A lot of people that are a lot older than me that have been entrepreneurs for a lot longer time and, you know, that are experts in their field. And we talked a lot about like our offers and what we have to give and this problem that we're solving. And if when we're not talking about, you know, our goals or our offers and it doesn't make us cringe a little bit to say the numbers, like then it's not, it's not high enough. Right. And, and I think that's a, it's a weird place to be in too, as someone who's like, there's self-worth tied to that when you're, when you're talking about what you charge or what you bring to the marketplace. And so it's a, it's a weird psychological hurdle to get over too when you start getting into this space, I think, have you dealt with that at all in terms of like with clients or like how you process that? Yes. And this is something I've really been struggling with lately. Uh, the big thing right now is like, is high ticket sales, yeah. right? And kind of what I'm doing online is the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to a buddy today who'd actually be a, a good guy for you to meet sometime, but he, he's just, he's a high ticket guy and he's doing things that are in a totally different atmosphere than me. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, bro, what you're doing online is too cheap. He's like, it's too cheap. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I was like, I realized that I was like, but like, Dollar Tree is Dollar Tree for a reason. 
And there's some guy sitting on a fat stack of cash <laughs> because he provided something that people needed. And so what he was talking to me about today, he was like, bro, you've got to have a high ticket option. Yeah. And so that's something that I've been struggling with on a personal level is because I, I wanted to make something that was available to the masses that could help a lot of people. And I've got that. And so now he's pressuring me. He's like, bro, you've got to have a high ticket option. And so yeah. that's something that in the, in the new year and this next year that I'm working on, because exactly what you just talked about, like there's gotta be a, a number, like that's like whatever Versace and stuff yeah. when it's like the same product as something else, but it's Versace. So they can sell it for 10 times as much as everybody else, just because it is what it is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Have you read hundred million dollar offers by Alex Ramosi? Bro. Great read. Yeah, and, exactly. There's a lot of that piece into it. It's like, yes. whoa, the psychology of it, the status of it. I, I'm i in the middle of building a podcast agency right now where you know we help market manage and monetize shows for actual ROI for the people you know who are putting those shows on. Because as you know, you have a podcast yourself. It is a lot of work, you know, and if you aren't seeing return on that investment and the time that you're putting into it, then there's probably a reason why there's a large graveyard, right? Because people are like, this is too much work if it's not paying yeah. me back. So in doing so, I was talking to one of my mentors and he was saying he had somebody who had a similar offer where they were helping launch podcasts. And a guy came to him and he was like, hey, a really wealthy guy, multimillionaire, hey, I want to launch, launch this show. He's like, okay, here's a girl that I know that does it. And he comes back to him. He says, mm -mm, I don't want her. She's too cheap. And he was like, it's, it's a psychological thing. Like, I don't want that because it's too cheap. Like I want the other guy. So he went and got his other guy that was twice the price. And he's like, okay, I'll do business <laughs> with this guy. So it's like, what, what was the difference in their service? Who knows? It was just, he was willing to price his you know, service higher and therefore it attracted a certain clientele. So I think you, you have to see what you want to go for. I agree. But to not at least give yourself that option, you got to at least give yourself that option. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's especially that, you with someone you said 16 years of experience, you've helped people in their fitness journeys, you know, and I think you have your own additional flair, um, that you do so well, which people would benefit from. I appreciate that. So that's been, uh, and that's, that's why that's that friend for me, Mason, who, who's pushing me from the financial standpoint, he just gets it. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's that guy for me, that's pushing me in that direction. And I did listen to a hundred million dollar offers and the whole thing made me uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. all uncomfortable amounts of money. Yeah. And, but I'd like to touch some, un uh, uh, some uncomfortable amounts of money in my lifetime. So I guess I just exactly. need to soak some of it in. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's it's funny because I didn't talk a lot about money growing up either, but I think it's something that's like you got to study it and you got to understand like how how it works. And there's nothing wrong with you know giving high value to what you do because you know that it has high value for the people who utilize it. And I think that's where it comes to like the self worth piece. Like you have to know yes. that what you're giving is worthy of you know that kind of money and time from somebody. And so it's, it's just like that psychological piece that, that hurdle that you have to get over. I think everybody struggles with that at one point or another. Bro, I heard something that changed 
like my perspective on money has been changed very much because we didn't talk about money like growing up and I had yeah. a wonderful father. We we're always well taken care of like middle-class family. Um, but I was listening to uh, a guy, there's a group called go abundance. Have you heard of it? I don't know if I have. Okay. So go abundance is like a group of guys. And I think you have to have a minimum of a million dollars net worth in order to join the group. Yeah. And then there's like a monthly fee that you pay and then they'll go meet in like Park City, Utah, and they'll fly in like Andy Frisella to speak to them. Yeah. And then they'll go like hella scheme. That's sick. <laughs> so, so like my buddy that I hung out with today is part of, part of that group. And there was a guy who was giving a talk and he was like, you know, if you're poor, everybody's like, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. And like pats you on the back. But if you're rich, everybody's like, how dare you be rich? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was like, but he was like, I, I flipped this switch in my mind when I realized that my wealth is somebody else's salvation. He was like, if I build my wealth to a certain level and I can just write like $10,000 checks to help a lady who's been widowed, or I can write a $50,000 check to like an orphanage that needs more beds. He was like, I'm that guy. He was like, people aren't going to call you if you're middle class for help. He was like, but I love getting the calls where I can write those checks and change people's lives. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like it'd be cool to build an amount of wealth where I, I'm, mm. I, I could be that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. It's freedom to me. I mean, in a certain way, right? It's time, time, money, and then family you know, time to spend it where you want with your family, I think is a huge piece of it. How do you do that? By creating, you know, wealth, financial freedom so that your time is freed up, right? Because that's the one thing we can't get back. So to me, they're correlated because it's that freedom aspect of, you know, my basic needs are met, met my family's needs are met, and then I can help others and I have this freedom to do what I want with my life, you know, and I think that's important. Like who wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. And it's, it's the abundance mindset too. It's the idea that there is no shortage of success, wealth, you know, um, greatness that you can achieve. Like there is no shortage. It's abundance. Like everybody is capable of doing these things. And there's a lot of blueprints that have been laid out for us to follow. And just like your friend, you know, I'm sure that fee and that, you know, million dollar net worth mastermind is not cheap, but he does it because, I'm sure he gets so much more out of it from being around those people. And that's a hard thing to, you know, hurdle to get over too is reinvesting in yourself, which is one thing I did this year that I've never done before, which was hard for me. Um, but it's like, that is so much like so beneficial for your growth and for the next steps that you take in life and the people that you surround yourself with. It's almost like you got, if you want to continue to grow, you have to be around those people that are doing that. Yes. And then that's the other thing, like for anybody listening, it's like, if you don't have those people yet, like, that's why you start listening to podcasts. Like, that's why I don't, I like when I'm working out now, it's so boring. Like I don't listen to music anymore, Mason. <laughs> I'm listening to like Alex Hormozy, uh, Gary V, you know, yeah. something like that, like to learn. Yeah. Right. And I think if you don't have those people in your life, and then I think when you start putting yourself in that mode where you're putting in the right inputs, I think that also like motivates you to get in the right spaces with the right people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 
it's been that's how it was that's how it was for me too now that you're talking about it it's like the podcasts were the biggest piece and it's free to us you know it's it's there there's a lot of things that come off of it and and with it like we're creating a special community i kind of told you about this a little bit before the show but we're creating a special community where you know people can have access to professionals in their field because it is harder than ever, you know, to make meaningful connections with people who help yes. you grow. And so we're providing access through the connection that we've had with the podcast and through my business partner as well uh, to, you know, provide people with that and and then also be able to do in-person stuff. And obviously, I'd like you to come in and, and spit your fitness knowledge as well. But it's, yeah, let's go. it's definitely needed. Bro, that's a great idea. Because Mason, I like getting into this at a point, like I'm a pretty smart guy, like I'm motivated and and I'm willing to do the work, but I tried to look at a point. I was like, I need to talk to somebody that's done what I've done that can like, I'll pay somebody. Like, I don't care how much, like I've been in that mode too, where I'm ready to reinvest in myself. And I searched and I couldn't find anything. There's, there's nothing out there like what you're talking about. Like I legit, I just looked up like basically like, like influencer fitness coach. And I could not find anything. And so I legit got online and looked for help and it's not out there. (laughs) I'm, I'm interested to see if there, I feel like there's gotta be someone. I looked and, and I've even like, I've tried to like look and that's a hard thing for me too. Um, I don't have a specific person that like I look up to. It's like, I'm trying to do something like pretty unique. And so it's like, if there was like, if I was trying to like, I don't know, go into the supplement game, you know, it'd be Andy Frisello, which I'm yeah. sure he'd be very hard to get a hold of. Right. Expensive um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Very expensive. Um, but there's not somebody specific that I could just like, cause if there's somebody I thought of that I could just DM, like I'd send that DM, of course. you know, that's how I've gotten most of like my, uh, like social media collaborations and stuff like that has just been me DMing companies being like, Hey, this is what I do. Y'all want to work together. Um, but like, as far as like a coach in my field, I have not found one. I'll have to keep my eye peeled. I might be able to find Yeah, something. bro. If you see something, let me know. Cause I'd be very curious. Yeah. It's, it's, I think what it's important to do that. I think it's smart that you're looking for that. Cause it's like, where are the pitfalls that you that you you know fell into to get where do you you are now that I can avoid and how can yes. I just you know jump over some of those, bro? And then I'll, when I make it, whenever that is, like I think I'm going to be able to help a lot of people, and that's something that I would like to to offer to have like some type of mastermind to help fitness coaches because when I get to that point, I've I'm going to have a blueprint because I did it. I didn't follow mm-hmm. anything. Yep. I just I did it. Yeah. That's you, you are thinking on the right, right track. And the fact that you already have, you know, a great following and that's going to continue to grow as your progression continues as well. You know, those people will see that and they'll be like, wow, I do remember when he was here and now he's here and he did that. So I want that as well. You know, it's, it's a natural progression. It's exciting. You know, those things get you excited. Definitely. And I, and I would be eager to help people to keep them from making some of the stupid mistakes <laughs> that, that I have made over the years. Absolutely. 
Ben, where can everybody find you on social, by the way? We keep saying it, but where can everybody find you? Man, so um, Instagram, Ben Barker Fitness, TikTok, Ben Barker Fitness, YouTube, Ben Barker Fitness, Twitter, Ben Barker Fit, and I've got a podcast, very original, called the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. Amazing. Very, we're consistent here. We see the yeah. consistency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Website. Ben Barker Fitness. Ben Barker Fitness. Amazing. <laughs> ben, what is your definition of success? Boy. Man, I I I was a Lululemon ambassador and they had this thing where I had to list our five values and I was having a really hard time coming up with my fifth, like struggling. And this was right before I quit my job. And, uh, I finally figured out cause I had like faith, fitness, family. Um, and I figured out that my fifth one was freedom. Hmm. Um, and bro, I think when you have like the financial and like relational ability to be free and not to be trapped in the, the rat race and stuff like that, I think freedom is success. I don't have a dollar number, but like when I'm able to go to my kid's school at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday because it's like what d- donuts with dad day. Yeah. Like I used to not be able to do that, but I can now like that's success. Yeah. In my eyes. You're already, you're already living it, man. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that people are going to love this and I'm so excited to continue to see, you know, what you put out there and the lives that you touch and, you know, we have it on this podcast that you're going to be the number one fitness influencer in the world <laughs> or the number one fitness influencer coach too. Because it oh. seems like if you can't find it, there's a there's a gap for that. Let's go, bro. Let's do it. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Guys, if you enjoyed today, go check Ben out on all of his socials. Check out his podcast and let us know what you thought of the show today. We're always open. My DMs are open, Ben. I know Ben's DMs are open as well. Let us know what you thought. All righty. And that is it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Breathe and Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. We'll see you next week.